It is the second half of this update edition of Main Street Sports today. Coming up in the second half, we'll talk with Heather Williams, WCYB TV, out of Bristol, the Tri Cities, about the Daytona 500. Rookie gets the checkered flag from Sunday. Also, an interesting law regarding stadiums. Our thoughts on that, plus more wild and wacky because it's Wild and Wacky Wednesday. Once again, the Lee Company Studio with the Hall of Famer Mo Patton. Here's a Sundrop kid from Alabama, Chris Yow. Welcome back in on this Wednesday edition hump day. Let's talk a little. We have talked about this before with Teresa Walker that the Tennessee Titans are considering a new stadium. In what was it, 97 did they built the that they started building the new stadium, mm-hmm. or at least that that's when the contract was signed? Right. It was a 30-year lease, and there were quite a few tax incentives in there. Some representatives from of Congress have introduced a bill that would immediately eliminate a tax break used by professional sports teams. They labeled the bill, quote, the No Tax Subsidies for Stadiums Act. Doesn't have a cute acronym like some of those others. <laughs> but they're kind of using kind of using the Dan Snyder situation as cover here. Why are we subsidizing people with sexual harassment allegations? Seems a little goofy. I mean, that that's a bad pretense, mm-hmm. but maybe not a bad idea. Tax subsidies for pub for, for private stadiums is it's debatable. It's very debatable. And I, I, I think I'm a person that likes to address things on a case by case basis. Absolutely. Rather than taking the situation with Dan Snyder and the Washington commanders and applying it to every situation because that is a bad situation and he didn't deserve that. And it was the responsibility of those people in charge of that situation to say, no, we're not going to give you any money. You're a bad person. But you know, the Titans leadership hasn't done anything that we're aware of to deserve being lumped in with Dan Snyder. So, I mean, if that's the basis for, this it, it's just a bad it, it's a bad parallel i think here's my question can congress even legislate that the titans can't do it now in dc they absolutely can i, I would assume you would think but it, it just seems to me again it's <laughs> not even it, in there right it, it, it's funny so i, I as i walked in the building here at Kennedy Broadcasting, I was listening to whatever was on the airwaves and there was mention of small government and yet we're taking on this kind of thing. 
while well, we're talking about for, small for, government at the same time? I well, mean, for, for the record, all three of the representatives were Democrats in this situation. Uh, that doesn't make it right. No, I'm, I, but, <laughs> but I'm just saying they're they're not necessarily the small government party, but well, they would rather use tax dollars for something other than clearly, or they need professional the ta- sports or, stadiums, and I can see that too. But you know, just vote no. <laughs> Uh, why you got to enact laws to give yourself cover instead of taking a controversial stance to a specific issue? I totally agree. If now remember, they're not necessarily taking tax dollars out of the hands of the city or the mm-hmm. state to fund it sure. they're just not collecting tax dollars that they already didn't have it, it's more it's more about the optics it is it's like it's not like we're t- the whole thing is about the optics really we're not, we're not taking the general fund and giving them you know right. 25 million to put lights up we're we're, we're <laughs> taking specific funds and doing that and we're still not doing what you think we should be doing with the general funds so uh, I'm just not sure. I'm not sure exactly how I feel specifically about tax breaks on sports stadiums because I do think that sports stadiums do impact the area in which they uh, they they stand. Mm-hmm. Although when we talked about the um, the move from Turner Field to Truist Park, a study done over three years noted that there was almost. It was negligible the amount of tax revenue that had been generated by Truist Park and that area. The battery and, and all that. Yeah. It's I'm I'm not sure that the impact is what the professional franchises would necessarily have you believe it to be when they are trying to sell that. But then you've got situations like Houston who, when they lost their team, realized, oh, crap, we need a professional football team. Mm -hmm. And so they went and built a stadium that they wouldn't build for the Oilers. Thank you. We appreciate that. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. San Diego would probably tell you losing the Chargers hurt. St. Louis is mad because their team got stolen from them. Mm Mm-hmm. It had nothing to do with St. Louis. With them. St. Louis would have gladly given the Rams whatever tax breaks they needed, but mm-hmm. they did not right. because it wasn't an option. They weren't given the opportunity. Correct. Yeah. So uh, that's kind of where I'm at. I don't know your your thoughts on, on, on what Nashville or Tennessee should do, but losing this team would be detrimental, although I don't know that that is necessarily an option either. Yeah. I don't know that Amy Adams Strunk is saying no, I don't, I don't we're think, leaving otherwise. I don't think the I don't think things have gotten to that point. I don't think things will get to that point. But it's um it's an interesting conversation, I think. I'm not sure that the argument that most of them use is well, it's you know, it, it is a tourism draw. Nashville doesn't need any more tourism. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. If that if that's the argument you're using, um, you need another one. So yeah. Nashville, Tennessee is going to have the Titans are going to have to come up with a new one. Yeah, I mean Cincinnati may need those tourist dollars. You know, um, 
I don't know, Green, not Green Bay, but I mean, there there are cities like you said that that aren't Nashville, where that M- makes aren't. a difference. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Here it does not. It does not. Does not fly. Yeah. So anyway, um, let's let's just go ahead and move on because again, you know, a lot a lot can go into this, and we're far far away from that yeah let me tell you before we get to the next break about my friend zach womble we had him on earlier this monday this this week on monday so Mm -hmm. if you want to listen to that you can his podcast the full court press covers sumner county sports from baseline to baseline and everywhere in between Zach takes you inside the world of high school sports in Sumner County each week, airing live Thursdays at noon on Main Street Media social media channels. Get the 411 with Zach's 221 Press and hear directly from the source of Sumner County. Follow him on Twitter at FCP underscore MSP. Subscribe on your favorite podcast delivery platform. When we come back, Heather Williams talking NASCAR. Stick around. Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint treats your orthopedic injuries and existing conditions. Our trained physicians will get you back in the game faster. Contact us at 931-381-2663 or www.mtbj.net. Hey folks, while we take a quick break from the show, I want to tell you about our friends over at Custom Stone Handlers in downtown Columbia. Ed Rich and his team at Custom Stone Handlers believe in leadership. And outside of the military, our greatest leader building platform is sports. Custom Stone Handlers proudly encourages young people to get in the game. You can contact them today at 931-490-4990 or visit customstonehandlers.com. Jones and Lang Sporting Goods here in Columbia has been outfitting teams, officials, and anybody else from T-ball to college for 50-plus years. Be sure and check them out at 931-388-8060 or online at jonesandlang.com. Jones and Lang Sporting Goods, the look of a winner. Zion Christian Academy, zioneagles.org or 931-388-5731. You can schedule your appointment. Go tour their campus. It is beautiful over there, and you're definitely going to want to see it. Again, it's zioneagles.org. Give them a call, 931-388-5731, and schedule your tour today. Keep your home as comfortable as possible. If you have any issues with your air conditioner, electrical, or plumbing systems, call Lee Company. Our techs use visual findings and other technology tools to add transparency and clarity. You see what we see, whether we're in a crawl space or on the roof. We're here 24-7, so if you need us, call us. Lee Company, call 931-548-4448 today or schedule your appointment at LeeCompany.com. That's LeeCompany.com. Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint has been the official sports medicine provider for Murray County Schools for more than 40 years. We specialize in orthopedic injuries and our OrthoQuick walk-in service lets you bypass the ER. Visit us online at www.mtbj.net. Are you an enthusiastic sports fan? Want to have fun and get in on the action? Heck yes, that'd be awesome. Have great attention to detail? Want to stay active? Definitely. 
Want to give back to the student athletes in your community? Obviously, yes. Then you'd make an excellent high school sports official. We need more officials in Tennessee. Because with no high school officials, there are no high school sports. Sign up today at highschoolofficials.com. Welcome back in. It is Hump Day here on Main Street Sports today. Glad to have you with us here on this Wednesday edition. It's Wild and Wacky Wednesday. We give you the weirdest and wildest news from across the world. In the next segment, make sure to stick around. Before that, though, we'll get a chance to talk a little NASCAR. Vroom, vroom, zoom, zoom. Let's talk about Wild and Wacky. Middle of the race, a tire just... Pops right off. You picked a fine time to leave me loose wheel. Yeah, I wish they would have played that on the air. That would have been great. Uh, <laughs> we're going to talk about that. We'll talk about rookie Austin Sendrick. We'll talk about the new car. All of that with WCYB TV's Heather Williams. Heather, thanks for taking some time with us today. How are you? Um, I'm great. Uh, got back from Daytona a couple of days ago and, uh, and you're still great. Believe that we're, <laughs> I am still great. Yeah. Well, I, I'll be, to be honest with you, I spent most of yesterday sleeping. There it you go. Oh, that's day. why she, that's why she's great right there. There you go. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> How, yeah. I mean, fun, fun weekend for sure. Sounds like, um, Obviously, as Chris has pointed out, another rookie winning at Daytona. It's, you know, it's um, full of surprises down there nowadays, huh? It is. And I would say that Austin Sindrick is a little bit different than your typical rookie this year. He, you know, he spent an extra year in the Xfinity Series last year after winning a championship two years ago. A little, a little older than the other two rookies that moved up, so... Um, and he's in an outstanding car, probably a top 10 car in the garage area. So, I mean, those things certainly helped him in his quest to win a championship, but still a surprise winner for sure. It's interesting because this is not, this has kind of become commonplace where, you know, first time winners are young drivers. And we talked about this with Ryan McGee last week. Sorry that, you know, we had to uh, push you. But uh, we appreciate you being flexible with us. I I will be pushed for Ryan anytime that you <laughs> anytime. We, I love we, Ryan. I I would love listening to him. We appreciate that. But you know, he was talking about how these young drivers that they're 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 skilled and they just they have a lot of energy. And Austin Sendrick is one of those guys that you like to root for. He's you know a great young man and. This is just another time where you see the Daytona 500 kind of launch a, not a superstar, but he, it launches a name, a guy that you can root for. Yeah, for sure. And Daytona is, you know, kind of set up that way in the just the style of the racing. It doesn't have, you know, that much to do with the car per se or how much speed. So 
lesser names or, or guys maybe you've never heard of before have a chance where they started, you know, at where we're going this week, Fontana, that may or may not be the case with the new car, but certainly in the past, you know, it's been about horsepower and downforce and those kind of things where you never would probably see a first-time winner in like a Michael McDowell at a racetrack like sure. that. So I think Daytona sets up for that, but I think it makes it even greater that it's our biggest race and it's set up like that. I mean, it's our biggest race of the year and literally anyone can win it. That That's the coolest thing ever, in my opinion. Yeah, super speedways tend to lend themselves to, you know, drivers who really get lucky. I mean, obviously the Cindric did not get lucky. He he was running up front with with his Ford friends for most of the third stage. And I wonder how much how much impact does that have on folks like Bubba Wallace and Kyle Busch who just don't have any there aren't as many Toyotas. There are what five in typically in most races? Yeah, and it, it, it makes it tougher. It definitely makes it tougher. But I'll be honest with you, at the end of the race, when you're in that final restart, whoever's behind you is your friend and your teammate. You can't really go searching for teammates. The truck race is a perfect example mm-hmm. for anyone that watched that. The top two cars in the outside lane were Chandler Smith in the Ford and Parker Kligerman in the Chevy. And they worked together because they were lined up two and four, and Parker pushed uh, Chandler to the win. So during the race, when you're trying to work your way up to the front, it definitely is an advantage. But at the end of the race, if Bubba had lined up one and Austin was behind him and Kyle was behind him, Austin would have worked with those Toyotas because that's who's around him. True. You don't really have a choice. Um, and I also would like to make a little bit of a statement about luck and Daytona. There's definitely a ton of luck involved. But you generally see the same guys running towards the front and running well at super speedways because there is definitely an art and a skill to it. Dale Earnhardt, Dale Earnhardt Jr., perfect examples of that. Those guys were always in the mix at those races because it does take a skill set that some people, and I even talked to some drivers about this, they don't necessarily take the time. They don't think it's worth the effort at a super speedway to gain that kind of skill because they do it so infrequently. But there are guys like Bubba, like Denny Hamlin, like Michael McDowell, who really work hard to be good on those kinds of kinds of tracks, and they're always in the mix at the end of the races. Speaking with Heather Williams here on Main Street Sports Today, presented by Mid-Tennessee Bone and Joint, Heather Williams with WCYB, the NBC affiliate up in the Tri-Cities. And Heather, um, I'm sitting here looking at your – piece the backstretch week one and i guess that's a um a a piece that you do weekly during during the season but we wanted to ask you um one of the things that you're doing in this is grading the next gen debut um what Mm -hmm. were your what were your thoughts on the the next gen rollout down at daytona i thought it was good i i thought that the cars seemed to draft pretty well. I thought it was interesting that they seemed to tend to want to um, gravitate towards the kind of old, I say old, but it's only like 20 years, um, if that. Uh, tandem drafting, they seem to work well better in that than in big packs, although there was tons of packs racing. Um, for a super speedway, I thought they looked really good. I think the real test is going to be this week at Montana because that's the racing that this series does the most. So we'll really see, you know, can you pass, um, you know, can you get runs? 
are they, how do they handle, which most of the drivers have tell, told me they handle terrible, but that actually makes for better racing. So it'll be interesting uh, to see really next week what this car can do. But as far as the super speedway, I thought the racing was pretty much the same as it's always been. And I thought it was great. And that makes it interesting because, you know, obviously California is coming up next. Of course, we're off this, this Sunday, but it, California, not a super speedway, but still a really big track. So how, how does this car work going forward at, at places like Bristol or, uh, which we saw, a, I guess, a quasi Bristol in, <laughs> thank you, <laughs> in the Coliseum. But like in the future, this car, I, I, we just got to wait and see. Is that kind of what this whole process is? Yeah, I mean, there's been some testing, so we'll have some idea. Like they tested um, at Atlanta um, and they tested Charlotte, which will give guys kind of a baseline as how it will run at Fontana in California. But yeah, they never tested Bristol except for one single car test there. So like, and they haven't, I think they had one dirt test, not at Bristol at another track. So like when they show up for Bristol dirt, who knows? But that was the case last year, really. So I don't know that that would be much different. Uh, and when they show up at Bristol the second time, who knows? Cause there's been zero testing um, as far as how they'll handle in groups at Bristol. But I don't know that they're worried about that because, like, just like the Coliseum, Bristol's more about muscling people out of the way mm-hmm. than it is uh, handling. So I, I think they're this this next race will really be the true test because um, that's the kind of racing they do the most. And then when and handling and aerodynamics and horsepower are such a big deal. And allegedly, all that's equal now. So it'll it'll be interesting. It's going to be much more on the drivers. With driving differences in at, at places like Bristol and California, and what I'm really interested in the road courses, you know, we've we've kind of seen these drivers talk a little trash about the car. Um, like you said, they don't like the handling necessarily. And, and, and there's a, there, there's a lot of things that you have to adjust to as a driver, but I'm just curious, you know, as a whole throughout this season, from what we saw on Sunday and what we saw in the clash, it looks to me like, because these are kit cars that we're going to see a lot more parity across NASCAR because it's not just about how you, you, know, you, you can't days of thunder it and I'm going to shave off a piece here and give you a little oil pan and all that kind of stuff. These cars are basically identical. Sure. Um, I think, and especially initially, you're going to see a lot of parity, but don't think for a second that teams aren't trying to find a way to mm-hmm. get an advantage. Look what happened to the Penske and RFK cars uh, this week in Daytona, right? And, uh, if you, if people want to watch the segment that we did uh, on our station, uh, backstretch, Chris Carrier, who's a crew chief in the truck series, is my analyst, and he really breaks down what they were doing at Penske and RFK, and it's basically they shaved off that. So and it has to do with the wheel thing that you brought up earlier. So 
these cars are set up so that they have very tight tolerances to get those wheels on. And if you don't get them lined up just right, your wheel's not on tight. Mm-hmm. So they made those holes just a little bit bigger. They said for safety reasons so they could make sure to get that on there and get those wheels on tight. And they got caught. But They're always looking for an advantage. They're yeah. always looking for something. And eventually somebody's going to hit on something that's not in the rule book, that's not illegal, that's going to get an advantage. And they're probably going to go weeks before NASCAR figures it out. What the sport is. If you ain't cheating, you ain't trying. Well, you know, I was going to say that's that's <laughs> kind of been a lot of folk in NAS, uh, folks in NASCAR. That's kind of been their their mantra for years and years. It's, it's not necessarily been their cheating mantra from the start. It's not necessarily <laughs> cheating, mm-hmm. but but it's more so you know you're looking for an edge. There's there's got to right, be an correct. edge somewhere. Yeah, and and those, and those teams like Penske and Hendrick and 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 uh, probably Rash, Roush now with Kozlowski over there and Joe Gibbs Racing. Those guys are going to find the edge eventually. But at the beginning of the year, don't be surprised if you see Michael McDowell win on a mile and a half. Don't be surprised if you see um, Todd Gilliland win at Bristol because it's just much more even even now. What happens to the teams who have who who found themselves with torn up race cars this week? going to be tough it's going to be tough because the supply you know the supply shortage is, is real now they probably you know, weren't taking these cars to the next two or three races anyway but in talking to different drivers and especially talking with denny hamlin and brad kalowski as owner drivers at daytona most of these teams only have three to four cars um where in the past they might have had as many as 30 cars per team mm-hmm. so you know, getting ready for this race is fine because that, that car was behind and probably the backup car they were going to use for that too. But the next race, they've got to come all the way, you know, back to Fontana or they've got to take their engineers out to the track because they're going to probably have to use that next set car on that next swing. And if they wreck a car out there, then they're really in trouble. Yeah, that, that seems to be the biggest issue is where, you know, teams like Noah Gragson who – only have one car, and he got caught up in an accident, and that's just... And he's out for weeks. Yeah, because that's the only... Well, and, and I seem like they're there next race isn't until Talladega, so sure. they'll probably be fine. But there are other smaller cars uh, like um, uh, BJ McLeod's Live Fast team that, that are trying to run every race that are in, in, in a much more dire situation. Man, that's... This new car is expensive, and you can't get parts for it. That's, <laughs> I guess. And you know what? I talked to Denny Hamlin back in December, and he sounded the alarm on this. Like this has been, this has been something that's just been an issue for a long time. But NASCAR's opinion is, and I guess I get it, is everybody's in the same boat. Like everybody has the same amount of cars. So, but it's it, it, you know, just wait for the first time that. I mean, the big the big teams are going to find cars, but just wait till a, a mid-sized team has a, has trouble getting to a track because of a car. Then I think it might open some eyes. You don't want to be affected, don't wreck, right? Sometimes you can't help it. Well, yeah. you know, it did. Yeah, it, but it did change. I did change the way that people, especially practice, but also race the duels. I mean, anyone that watched the duel races on Thursday, 
for dual races, those were pretty calm um, because everybody was afraid of wrecking their car. And you know, Joey Logano wrecked a car. All of those, and a lot of folks are like, "Man, this is boring." Well, that's mm-hmm. un- yeah, the unfortunate byproduct of the because typically the dual races were really, really you know intense, but. Not this time. It is what it is. But California in two weeks. Daytona was a lot of fun. Austin Cindric won. Bubba Wallace finishes second uh, without a com- entire right front fender. So, <laughs> so impressive. It was such an impressive run at the end, Brent. Look, I, I was, I tweeted. I said Bubba's done. He doesn't even have an. I mean, he's he's lost in the entire fender. There's no way that he's going to be able to get up to speed. And yet he Got was able to, to and. Had Austin Cindric not made a great move at the end of the race, it, who knows who could have won? I mean, it would have been a, a three-way, a three-wide at the finish line. So, well done to Austin Cindric, and thank you, Heather, for taking time with us. As always, we appreciate it. Anytime, guys. Love coming on. All right. When we come back, it's the wildest and weirdest news from across the world. Wild and Wacky Wednesday here on. Main Street Sports Today. Stick around. Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint treats your orthopedic injuries and existing conditions. Our trained physicians will get you back in the game faster. Contact us at 931-381-2663 or www.mtbj.net. Hey folks, while we take a quick break from the show, I want to tell you about our friends over at Custom Stone Handlers in downtown Columbia. Ed Rich and his team at Custom Stone Handlers believe in leadership. And outside of the military, our greatest leader-building platform is sports. Custom Stone Handlers proudly encourages young people to get in the game. You can contact them today at 931-490-4990 or visit customstonehandlers.com. Jones and Lang Sporting Goods here in Columbia has been outfitting teams, officials, and anybody else from T-ball to college for 50-plus years. Be sure and check them out at 931-388-8060 or online at jonesandlang.com. Jones and Lang Sporting Goods, the look of a winner. Zion Christian Academy, zioneagles.org or 931-388-5731. You can schedule your appointment. Go toward their campus. It is beautiful over there, and you're definitely going to want to see it. Again, it's zioneagles.org. Give them a call, 931-388-5731, and schedule your tour today. Keep your home as comfortable as possible. If you have any issues with your air conditioner, electrical, or plumbing systems, call Lee Company. Our techs use visual findings and other technology tools to add transparency and clarity. You see what we see, whether we're in a crawl space or on the roof. We're here 24-7, so if you need us, call us. Lee Company, call 931-548-4448 today or schedule your appointment at LeeCompany.com. That's LeeCompany.com. Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint has been the official sports medicine provider for Murray County Schools for more than 40 years. We specialize in orthopedic injuries and our OrthoQuick walk-in service lets you bypass the ER. Visit us online at www.mtbj.net.
Welcome back in to Main Street Sports Today. You guys are getting antsy coming back. I, I saw your hand go up and I thought you were pointing, but... No, not yet. No. Until he breaks the wrist, you're, you're still yeah. on standby. Uh, yeah, well... Of course. <laughs> it is what it is. We are We're giving, just excited, JP. We are. Yeah, and I appreciate that. Yeah. I'm, I'm excited too. Because we have the... <laughs> Weirdest and wildest news from across the world coming yeah. up. Yeah, two Zanies guys this side of the Duck River. Right there. That we are. Here in your homes, in your phones, in your iPads, on your computer screens. We, pu- we push the dumbest news into your homes. Into your homes. <laughs> <laughs> Let's, well... Do we want to start with Florida woman or end with Florida woman? Mm. Let's end. End because, with Florida. Because yeah, I, I'll, I'll, end with Florida woman? Okay. Judah Grace Spear is my favorite new baby. Judith Grace Spear. Judah. Judah. Judah okay. Is, is my new favorite baby. Born at 2.22 a.m. yesterday on 2.22.22 Tuesday. There you go. Nice. Judah came into the world in delivery room number two. Come on. (laughs) You can't make this up. Here's what's crazy. And this this isn't like fun. This is just weird, right? This is the weird part, not the wacky part. She's a miracle baby in other ways. Her mother is a survivor of Hodgkin's lymphoma and feared that cancer treatment that saved her life would also make a successful pregnancy unlikely. Mm. I heard all the nurses screaming in excitement, and I was like, what's (laughs) happening? I looked at him, and I was like, what time was she born? They said 2.22. So then, obviously, that's why everyone got excited. There you go. Wild. That's the wild news, the weird news. That was that was pretty awesome though. Chris, we got both kinds. We <laughs> wild country, and wild wacky. and wacky. Both country kinds and of Western. craziness. <laughs> wild and wacky. Um <laughs> So anyone who knows me knows that I politically label myself as a l- little case L libertarian and this what the hell does that mean? Well, I'm not a card-carrying libertarian because the Libertarian Party is a lowercase. Yeah. So you're quasi-in? <laughs> Give him a hand. Give him a hand. All right. Mm-hmm. That said. <laughs> the Massachusetts Registry of Motor Vehicles fired four employees this week after they discovered that nearly 2,100 drivers were issued licenses without taking road tests. Okay. Personally, not a fan of driver's licenses anyway, but <laughs> I don't know how I feel with 2,100 people from Massachusetts in itself. Because come on now, if you've ever been to Boston. <laughs> hey, that's a crazy driving town. Man, what are you talking about? You could argue, yeah, they've never really had the I the don't even know if they're really necessary. Yeah, yeah. exactly. <laughs> 
or this explains some things. <laughs> Maybe it's not just 2100, huh? It may be a few more than 2100. Uh, oh. That would explain some things. <laughs> yeah. Jacqueline Goddard told the Boston Globe upon discovering suspicious activity regarding the issuance of road tests in 2020, the RMV launched an investigation and referred the issue to law enforcement. They determined 2,100 drivers were granted licenses. All of those impacted individuals have been contacted and will be required to take and pass a road test within 10 days. By the way, <laughs> you thought the DMV was backed up before 2,100 oh, people in, in 10, 10 days? days? Plus the regulars. I, that, I, that's like it's a worst nightmare situation. <laughs> Ooh. This, oh. this may be the worst Man. thing that ever happened to a DMV. <laughs> this is insane. The RMV, I'll, I'll just take the bus, thank you. <laughs> this has been ha- happening since April of 2018. They were just like, all right. Now, okay, when you took your driver's test, what was involved? <laughs> uh, turning signals. Uh, hitting the right, the correct lanes when you turn and parallel parking, right? We won't ask Mo because he had to use his feet yeah. to get started. The Fred Flintstone. Yep. <laughs> yeah. You got to realize the Franklin, Tennessee that I took my driver's test in. Completely not, different world. Completely different. But there was, well, there was a youth park across the street from the training from the DMV, which it's not in Tennessee. But anyway. Four right turns and back. Boom. Four right turns. Four right turns. Not one left turn. Not a single left turn. Not a single parallel park. Nothing. Man. Yeah. Ladies and gentlemen, we had the exact same driving test. I made four right turns and the parking spot he told me to park into was a parallel parking spot, but... There was no other car. There was no other car, so I pulled right in and he was like, here you go. Enjoy. Next. My granddad also knew the guy, so... Old Dan. I think some people are not yeah, are closer to probably the Massachusetts DMV <laughs> workers. They're not really in it to keep you from getting your license. That's correct. They're not, they're, they're not trying to trip you up here. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you can't buy a license if you can't pass the license. That's right. You can't. Uh, there you that, go. There you go. Yeah, because so, if you fail the test, you, you don't. State pay. doesn't get the money. They yeah. don't get the money. So, so. Yeah. <laughs> it's all a racket. <laughs> <laughs> Just a racket. Hey, you know, I'm a new dad, and still, you didn't have to really deal with this. I, I assume because your your kids were probably right in the, I guess the the real good age of the internet, where you were still telling them, you know, don't talk to strangers on the internet type of thing. Um, a French dad. Didn't want his kids on the internet, so he just used a signal jammer to prevent his kids from getting on it, except that it took down the internet for the entire town. Nice. It's a powerful... entire town? The entire town. How big a town are we talking about? I I mean... (laughs) Bigger than his family. This isn't Paris, is it? Yeah, we would have heard about that. (laughs) Well, it is about... Uh... I don't know because it's a popular place, but it's a popular place for tourism. It doesn't tell me exactly how big it is. 
But it's a popular place for tourism. But it's wow. a popular place for that tourism. It doesn't have internet. No internet. Uh, and from midnight to 3 a.m. every day of the week, they found their cell service and internet service was no longer working. After a mobile carrier reported the issue, a public agency responsible for managing the uh, spectrum in France was determined a signal jammer was being used to block the frequencies in the town. And so, yeah. It was simple. Father of his family. To prevent his teenagers from accessing the internet with their smartphone instead of falling asleep, he just took out the town's internet. That's one way to do it. <laughs> That's it. I mean, I'm, I'm thinking about it. That's all I'm saying. Hey, I'm if thinking your end about goal it. is to keep them off the internet, that's one way to do it. <laughs> all right. Final story of the day. Let's go to Florida. Here we go. Florida police allege a Walmart shopper threw a quote hissy fit before <laughs> hurling a Barbie doll at a store worker's face when she was caught attempting to shoplift. <laughs> Happened around 1pm on February 2nd in Winter Haven, Florida which been there. Local police are asking for the public's help identifying the woman because apparently Nobody knew. She stocked up the entire shopping cart with food and groceries, moved to the self-checkout area where she just kind of stood around for 15 minutes, <laughs> and then tried to leave. Okay. The video shows four employees stopped her and, quote, police say she told the workers to get the manager, Kim. I have an employee discount, and I get my groceries for free. Well, the store has no manager named Kim. So What about a Karen? And nobody gets their groceries for free. Yeah. I mean that's a, that's a heck of a discount. Well, let me ask you this: Is it does it cease being a hissy fit if you're throwing something like a uh, a battery or something as opposed to a Barbie doll? I don't. I, I'm not sure what kind of fit that might be, yeah. but a hissy fit is that, that seems appropriate throwing a Barbie doll. Okay, so it's, is a hissy fit bigger or smaller than a conniption? I don't. I think it's more like a tantrum. Yeah, it's more like a. In the cereal aisle with your kids, I want the Reese's Puffs instead of the Cheerios type of thing. That's a hissy fit. That's a hissy fit, I think. Okay, what's a conniption? Oh, I think at that Out of your point, mind. Yeah, that, that's when you're screaming, get the manager, Kim. <laughs> I get an employee discount and get my groceries for free. Uh, so, so the manager was Kim, so she's probably Karen. Well, no, there is there no Kim. There was no Kim. That's the oh. thing. Oh, she just... Uh, she's still Karen. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know, man. That's the weirdest and wildest news from across the world, though. It's a boy, tough week, <laughs> tough week for for dumb criminals, I guess, and for teenagers trying to get on the internet in Massage, France. Isn't every week a tough week for dumb criminals? Yeah, well, <laughs> some weeks are tougher than others. <laughs> if you're gonna be dumb, Bearing you levels. gotta be tough. That's two Johnny Cash references in one show, ladies and gentlemen. With that. I'm just going to get out of here because I can't top it. Yeah. <laughs> I got to go get my You got to know when to fold them. All right. Kenny. Loose will. Kenny. <laughs> Look at there. We're here for it, man. JP and Mo. I'm Chris. Y'all have a great day. We'll see you tomorrow.